Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody, I want you to just wave if you've got your radio tuned to FM 90.7. If you're looking, wondering why everybody's waving, you don't have your radio on 90.7. Well, welcome everybody to uh, Rocky Valley Baptist Church this morning. I'm, I'm so excited uh, to be here to be able to uh, worship together with you guys this morning. We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, thank you all for coming this morning. Thank you all for being here. I know it's a little strange. If you think it's strange for you to be sitting in your car, you ought to be standing on this porch. It's pretty strange too, but I want to welcome you all here this morning. I'm so glad you came out. Uh, we're going to do a uh, have a word of prayer. And then we're going to turn it over to uh, Farmer Ligon, and uh, we're going to get started this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. Father, we thank you that in the midst of the storm, Father, you are sovereign and in control. God, you are uh, our steady, our strong tower. Father, you are where our help comes from, the maker of the heavens and earth, Father God. And we praise you through this storm. Father, we pray that as we gather this morning, you be glorified. Father, that as we gather, you be honored, and Father, your name be magnified, because there's no other name given among men by which we're saved in the precious name of Jesus. God, we love you, and it's in that precious name that we pray, amen. Hey, guys. It's like you said, this is kind of strange, but you, you look good even through a windshield, right? Hey, I want you to do me a huge favor. If you're sitting there with your seat warmers on and your heat on, there's a guy that's in this room back here behind us that's been working his tail off for the last two or three days to make every bit of this happen. And I know, Jamie Locke, that you were just joking earlier, but how about a horn-blowing amen for David Marshall? David, that's for you, buddy. If you'll grab your bulletin, open it. The words are in there for the when the roll is called up yonder. Ready? When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, the time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved first shall gather over on the other shore. And the roll is called the yonder out When the roll is called the yonder. When the roll is called the yonder. When the roll is called the yonder. When the roll is called up yonder Today was going to be the day Today was going to be Danny Wall's day at Rocky Valley We were still going to preach the gospel And we were still going to honor the Lord But today was going to be all for you, buddy So whenever COVID-19 clears North America Or at least Rocky Valley We're going to get together and we're going to celebrate you And Brother Jason has a special something he'd like to read at this time. <clears throat> well, like Jason said, um, 
The moment I walked in the door of Rocky Valley, there was a man who grabbed me. He said, I've been doing this a long time, Brother Jason, but I'll, uh, I'll stick around if you'll have me. And I, uh, I won't leave you hanging. And he didn't. Uh, even when he knew it was time to uh, put up the songbook, so to speak, um, he gave me plenty of notice. He offered to stay as long as was necessary and has continued to serve the Lord. And so uh, I just want to read this, uh, and then I'll, uh, I'll carry it out and hand it to him. Um, it's been very difficult to have to postpone some of the events of this day because I was so excited uh, for it. But this proclamation says, Whereas Mr. Danny Walls was born February the 10th, 1957. Whereas Danny began serving the Lord as a young man at the Hurricane Baptist Church, and whereas upon entering his teenage years, Danny moved and joined the congregation of the Rocky Valley Baptist Church, where he continued his service to the Lord. Whereas Danny has faithfully served at Rocky Valley in many areas, perhaps most notably as the minister of music for 34 years. And whereas during his time as music minister, he has invested in the choir and in the music program, serving the church with numerous special music and guitar picking songs. Whereas in addition to being a dedicated servant of the Lord, Danny has been a devoted husband to his wife, Rose, a faithful father to his children, Jerry, Terry, Crystal, and Ricky. Whereas Danny has been a wonderful grandfather to Lily, Sarah Emmeline, Mathis, Adley, Micah, and Evangeline. And whereas Danny continues to serve the Lord faithfully, selflessly, and with gladness. Now therefore I, Randall Hutto, Wilson County Mayor, do hereby and recognize Danny Walls for his faithfulness and continued service to our Lord. I invite his family and church family to join in celebrating this momentous occasion given under my hand. This 22nd day of March, 2020, signed by the County Mayor Randall Hutto. And at the bottom it says Colossians 3, 23 and 24, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Brother Danny, if anybody has ever exemplified those verses, my friend, my mentor, my brother, it's been you. Find me somebody don't love Danny Walls, and I'll show you somebody that needs a, needs a little dose of Jesus. Let's pick it up a little, all right? Give thanks to the Lord, our God, and King. He 
His love endures forever Oh, He is good, He is above all things His love endures forever Sing praise, sing praise With a mighty hand, outstretched arm His love endures forever all the life that's been reborn His love endures forever Sing praise Sing praise Sing praise Sing praise Forever God is faithful Forever God is strong Forever God is with us Forever Forever From the rising to the setting sun His love endures forever But the grace of God we will carry on His love endures forever Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever. God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, forever, forever God is faithful, forever God is strong. Forever God is with us, forever, forever. <laughs> Boy, y'all really got on that amen thing, didn't you? Yeah, I had that one coming. Um, so listen... We are having drive-in church. We are gathered in the parking lot. We are singing songs about Jesus. We're going to preach the gospel of Jesus here in just a moment. But we are Baptists, so we are going to take up an offering as well. So I'd like the ushers to come on forward. Now listen, we're not going to pass the plate per se, so only the ushers will be touching the plate. They'll walk by, just roll your window down, uh, drop your tithe in. But here's the thing I want you to remember. Many of you are blocked in. And if the offering ain't big enough, we ain't letting you out. So go ahead and... Wait a minute. Maybe that wasn't true. But listen, we are going to take up an offering. We want to give you an opportunity. I, you'd be amazed how many people have said, Brother Jason, if we don't have church, how can I give? Listen, we have online giving available, uh, but we can also continue to take up offering this way. So I'm going to bless our offering and then uh, ask our men to disperse. Father God... 
we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here. God, we pray that as we gather, uh, you would bless this time. Father, we pray for this offering, that you would bless it to build your kingdom. Father, you would use this church to glorify you in this neighborhood, in this community, and in this county, Father God, and that we would magnify your name across this world because your name is worthy, Father. Help us to give from a sacrificial heart, recognizing that everything we have belongs to you. Every gift we have came from you, God. And let us honor you at this time. We love you, and it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Several people posted words to... to uh, hey, Josh. Turn to 90.7. Somebody tell him over there. Got it? All right. I posted the words to this song. I better turn them. Or I won't, I won't sing them right myself. And it's been requested to hear it this morning. Y'all pray for us. But see if this isn't fitting for today. The marketplace is empty No more traffic in the street The builder's tools are silent No more time to harvest wheat Busy housewives cease their labor In the courtroom, no debate Work on earth is all suspended As the key Oh, the King is coming, the King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now His face I see. The King is coming, the King is coming. Praise God, He's coming for me. Happy faces line the hallways Those whose lives have been redeemed Broken homes that He has mended Those from prison He has freed Little children and the aged Hand in hand stand all alone Who were crippled, broken, ruined Clad in garments white as snow Oh, the King is coming The King is coming I just heard the trumpet sounding And now His face I see The King is coming The King is coming Praise God He's coming for me I can hear the chariots rumble I can see the marching throng The flurry of God's trumpets Spells the end of sin and wrong Regal robes are now unfolding 
Heaven's grandstand saw in place Heaven's choir is now assembled Start to sing amazing grace Join me The King is coming The King is coming I just heard the trumpet sounding And now His face I see the King is coming, oh, the King is coming, praise God, He's coming for me. Amen, amen. I'm going to go and move them. Actually. Well, we doing all right so far? Everybody hear everything? We good? Aim high. Now, here's what I want. Every one of you honking that horn, next time we get to meet in the sanctuary, I expect you to shout hallelujah a time or three, okay? Yeah, amen. All right. Turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. I'm going to do my best to do this without stepping off the, the steps here, without getting too far one way or the other, but uh, we're just going to preach, amen, the Word of God. We're going to open it up. We're going to praise Him together this evening. I tell you, it just wasn't meant uh, for us to do a sermon series on service. We got the first sermon out of the way, and the Lord said, we're going to take a little hiatus. And so this, uh, this morning, we'll be in Jeremiah chapter 29. If you have your Bibles, turn there. They may be, Scripture may be bulletins. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, the title of this message is Lessons in Babylon. Lessons in Babylon. And I believe it is super important, super applicable in this season of uncertainty and potential uh, fear that we're looking at. And so we're going to be looking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah has been called the weeping prophet. Jeremiah had a, a tremendous way of writing and, and preaching in such a way that you could kind of peer right into his heart almost. Uh, you could kind of feel the pulse and the spirit of Brother Jeremiah when he spoke. When he preached, you could almost just see everything that he was feeling. And you all know someone like that in your life. No matter what's going on, when they speak, you almost peer into their heart. They don't hide their emotions. Most of the time, they don't even uh, attempt to. And Jeremiah was that kind of prophet. The kingdom of Judah was not in good times. They were not heeding the word and the warnings of God in the time of Jeremiah. In fact, uh, most of his writing was a lament for the sins of Judah. Most of his writings were, were his cryings about how the land wouldn't repent and turn back to God. In fact, uh, the, the book of Lamentations has been traditionally attributed to be written brother Jeremiah. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 22, the prophet Jeremiah reflects on many years of ministry and he makes this statement. 
Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Jeremiah here is looking at the sin that was still present in the land. Even though he had been preaching faithfully, repent and turn from your wicked ways. Even though he had been preaching faithfully, repent or exile is coming, he realized that sin was not only still present, but it was perhaps growing in the land. And so essentially he says these words as he laments over his years of ministry and his turmoil for years of preaching this, this message. He says, if there, is there no medicine that might heal these people? Is there nothing that's going to cause them to turn from their sin and turn back to God? He almost say, is saying, if I'm the doctor... Right, I've been the doctor prescribed to present the medicine of preaching to these people. And yet they don't hear it. They continue to sin and go their own ways. And I almost wish that I could speak to Brother Jeremiah as he lived in the Old Testament. And say to him, Brother Jeremiah, there is a balm in Gilead. There is a medicine for the sin. I wish that I could tell Brother Jeremiah as he writes, there is. I wish I could say, Brother Jeremiah, there is a balm in Gilead. The name is Jesus. That's the medicine for our sinful nature. That is the medicine for us. Jeremiah, there is an end coming. The people will repent. The people will turn. However, they will spend an entire generation, not just of Israelites, but of humanity, continuing to yearn for our sin while having the balm Jesus Available. I'm here to tell you this morning, church, in these times of uncertainty, it's time we straighten out the curves of those interrogative statements. It's time we straighten out those question marks from Jeremiah. There is a balm in Gilead is what we should say. There is a physician for our land. There is a healing for our country. There is a healing for our situation. There is a healing for everything going on. And the healing name is Jesus. Amen. There is but one name under heaven given among men by which we're saved and that is the name of Jesus. He is the author and the finisher. He is the alpha and the omega. That is Him. You see what happens when we learn to be faithful to God and realize that there is a physician. God tends to turn our minuses into pluses. Now, we, we talked about an interrogative statement a minute ago. Does everybody in here understand that an interrogative statement has a question mark at the end? That's what I meant by straightening the curves of the interrogative statement. For those of you who are teachers here, you'll be glad to know I at least listened until about the third grade anyway. Now I'm going to let you know that I listened in arithmetic class as well because we're going to think mathematically for just a moment. You know, you can have a minus sign without a plus sign. Everybody realize that? You can have a minus sign without a plus sign, right? You just have that horizontal dash. But do you know what you can't have? You can't have a plus sign without the minus sign. Does that make sense? You can't have the vertical of the plus sign and not have the horizontal that makes it a plus sign. And you see, the problem with most Christians and in Christianity today is that we want to deny the horizontal in our lives. We want to deny the minuses. We want everything to be good. We want everything to be exactly how we want it, when we want it, and we don't want to have to pay the price of what happens. We want the Holy Spirit to be alive in our lives. We want our faith to be full. We want everything to be perfected. But what we don't realize is that in order for our faith to be perfected, the book of Peter says we have to go through the fiery furnace. We have to go through the minuses in order to have our faith perfected. 
perfected. I want you to think with me on the Bible as we, as we think about this. We, we want to be laid in green pastures without the valley of the shadow of death. You can't have the 23rd Psalm without that moment in the middle, that, that parenthetical pause that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We want the green pastures. We want to fear no evil. We want to know that the rod and staff comfort us. But we want, don't want to deal with the thing that we have to be comforted from. We want to come to church. We want to be entertained. We want the music to be good. We want the teachers to teach a prepared lesson. We want the preacher to preach an expository sermon from the Bible and have our, our minds engaged. But we don't want to be the sanctified people that come from heeding to this word of It's not good enough to proclaim it if we're not going to heed it and put it in our lives and be sanctified. Think with me to Joshua in chapter 24. He says, you go and serve those gods on the other side of the floods. That's a minus, right? But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There's the plus, right? Joseph in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 said to his family, he said, These things you did, you meant evil unto me. That's a minus, right? But God meant it unto me for good. That's a plus. David in Psalms 30 chapter 5 said, Weeping may endure for the night. That's a minus. But joy come in the morning. That's a plus. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's a minus. But the Lord delivers us from them all. There's your plus. And Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 33, said in this world, there will be many tribulations. That's a minus. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome them all. That's a plus. Church, I'm here to tell you, We find ourselves in a place where as a people we might could say in this time, there is a viral outbreak. There has been a natural disaster in our town. That's a minus. There's no way to turn it where it's not a minus. But we could also say we know that as a people God is working together all things for good for those who love Him. And that's a plus. Amen. There may be those minuses in our lives, but if we are faithful to God, then God will turn them into a plus. I'm not telling you some prosperity gospel mess. You know me better than that. I'm not teaching you something that's false. I'm telling you something that's biblical. If you serve God, you will have struggles. They will come, but if you serve God, your struggles will look like this. He'll tell you to get in a boat, and he'll say, I want you to row into the Sea of Galilee, and I'm going to recede myself up to the mountain to pray for you, and he will stay there praying for you when the storm comes, and he'll be praying for you in the first watch. And then he'll go from the first watch to the second, and he'll stay in that mountain praying for you. From the second to the third, the Bible says he continued to pray, though the storm was raging on the disciples in the Sea of Galilee. But friends, let me tell you something. Somewhere between the third watch and the fourth watch, my Holy Savior in his time of prayer was so moved by his Father that he went skipping across the top of the water just as calm as he could be. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll keep your eyes on him, my friend, you can walk for a moment too on top of that water with Jesus. Christians, we have to get out of the place where we're looking at the minuses and wringing our hands as if we have no answer and realize that God is working all things together for the good of those who love Him and that's a plus in our lives. It's high time that we have faith of realizing that the thing we're dealing with can be made a plus. Now I'm here to tell you this morning, that 10 minutes or so was free preaching. You can start timing me now. Joshua, Jeremiah 
Jeremiah chapter 29. I'm going to read just the first few verses together as we get into it. It said, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive. Uh, what we have here is this word from God is being sent through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah had preached and preached and preached and preached. Repent, repent, turn. And now he's come to a point where the fate of the people has been sealed. Okay? The, the, God's hand is now determined. Judgment is coming on the people of Judah. No matter what Jeremiah preaches from now on, God is saying the message has changed, Brother Jeremiah. It's too late for repentance. Babylon is coming to the people. Now God says, Jeremiah, you're not going to be going to Babylon yourself. But I need you to write these words and I need you to give them to the elders so when they're there, they'll receive them and they'll give them to the children of Israel when they are there in captivity. The actual captivity from Jeremiah chapter 29 to the time that his people were actually taken captive was still about 11 more years. But God is sending instructions ahead of the situation. You see, what I want us to see is that Babylon is coming, right? The situations are coming. The trials are coming. The tribulations are coming. The minuses are coming. But God never sends His people without His Word. Amen? God never sends His people into a trial without His words of comfort to them. You see, church, we all endure these valleys. We all endure these persecution, but I want you to know that even before the COVID-19 came to, to this place, but even before the tornado came through this place, even before your, your marital situation fell apart, even before your finances fell apart, even before your child went wayward, even before whatever your tribulation and trial is that you are enduring, even so before that time, God had a word for you that He sent ahead because He never leaves His children without His instruction. He never sends us in a storm without His words of comfort. He wasn't sending the Israelites, even though they had rebelled for so long, even though they had refused the lamenting of Jeremiah, He wasn't sending them without His word. He had His prophet put these words down that they might know what to do when they are in captivity. My friends, that's why in this season, if no time before, in this season of uncertainty, surely the people of God will be stirred to study the Word of God. It's important that we would have the Word of God written on our hearts, written on our minds, that when times of uncertainty come, we have the Word of God for which to fall back on. It isn't just a book written for preachers. It's not a book written for Sunday school teachers. It is a book that has been put together, and it's not just a book of pages. It's a book of the holy writ of the words of God that He has given to us as instruction as we go through this life as we go through all these trials and tribulations. I want you to look with me at verses 4 through 7. We have this introduction to the children of captivity, and he says these words for them. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away in captivity, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased and not diminished. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. God has given instructions to the children for captivity. Hey, take your husbands, take your wives, give your children to be married, plant your gardens, 
them, replenish in the growing of the population. Why? Because you're not going to die in Babylon. That's what God is essentially saying. You're not going to be ended in Babylon. He, he's prophesied already that this exile will be 70 years. And he says, in 70 years, I'm going to deliver you exactly the way I did in the exodus from Egypt. You remember that story, right? God had spoken to him. And he said, you're going to be captive for 400 years. You're going to dwell in this foreign land. But one day, I will deliver you. And then after he did, we saw the faithless spy. Ten of them came back with a faithless report. And the people crumbled underneath the fear of giants. And God said, for 40 years I'll call you to wander in the wilderness until all of this faithless generation ceases to exist. And he said, they're not going to see the promised land. And what happened? God delivered them from Egypt after 400 years, exactly like he said. God delivered them to the promised land after 40 years in the wilderness, exactly like he said. And he's calling them this time to remember that their time in Babylon will only be 70 years exactly like he said so continue to replenish so that when you come out you in fact will be plentiful and you will be nourished and your sons and daughters will have husbands and wives and all of this will continue on it says I have ordained Babylon to happen that you might be pruned but not that you might be killed I want you to think about that with me I am meaning Babylon to prepare you for the time when you get to come home church I want to make sure we grasp that this morning. Your Babylon is not meant to destroy you. It's meant to strengthen you. Think about that with me. Your Babylon is not meant to destroy you. It is meant to strengthen you. Perhaps the only way that you will slow down and hear from God is if He sends you to Babylon. Perhaps the only way you'll turn from your sin and idolatry is if He sends you to Babylon for a season. You see... I was in Babylon a few years ago, just prior to God bringing me to Rocky Valley by a little bit. My marriage was shaky at best. That'd be the best way to describe it. My career was shaky. That would be a pretty generous description. Ministry had become a job to me and not an opportunity to serve God. And God used my marriage to bring me a point that I had to realize that I had to have a new foundation built on the Holy Word of God, not on the foundation that I had laid for myself. God used me and, and, and my marriage failing and, and everything spinning around in my life and He revealed to me, you have built your house on sinking sand. You got to build your house on me and you got to build your house on my word or it will never ever sustain. Babylon cost me a house and a farm that God graciously sold when there was no business in the real estate market it was in. It shouldn't have sold when it did, but God graciously sold it. But this place that I had come to love, I had to give up because Babylon had cost it to me and God though brought me to a place where I finally realized I can't do this on my own, God. If you would have asked me, I would have told you that. If you would have asked me, I could have taken you to the, to the holy writ of God and showed you that I couldn't do it. But knowing it in my head and having it in my heart were two different things. You know, that's a long way from your head to your heart, isn't it? 
I understood a lot of things up here and God had to prune me and he had to use Babylon to show me that listen, I'm not destroying you even though it hurts. I'm not destroying you even though it feels like it. I'm not destroying you even though you don't like what's going on. Instead, son, I'm building you because I got something more in store for you. I got a place for you to go. I got a porch for you to preach on in a few years. And if you don't go through Babylon now, you won't be ready to do it then. I'm not here to say that since that time, my wife and I have never had another fight or any problems at all. I'm not saying that since that time, my career has been perfect. at all, but I am telling you this. From that day on, I realized one thing. It all belongs to Him in the first place. My children belong to Him. My wife, my marriage belongs to Him. My finances belong to Him. My career, it belongs to Him. And you know what's crazy? When you realize it belongs to Him, He just seems to work all things together, don't He? He just seems to kind of work it out. When I quit trying to push the cart all by myself, it felt like I was pushing a car up a hill. Anybody ever done that? Seems like when God gets a hold of it, we crest that hill and start heading the other way. And He starts pushing it for us. Can I tell you something? Your Babylon is meant the same for you this morning. It's not meant to crush you. It's to cause you to lean on God for your strength. Lift up your eyes to the hills. Where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. We don't have to do this all by ourselves. You say, well, Brother Jason, that's, that's a nice thought. That's some of that preacher talk you got going on. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can look at the Word of God with me and look at some folks that place themselves against some insurmountable circumstances. Maybe you could remember Brother Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe you can remember that they were placed in the fiery furnace, a situation that was meant to crush them, right? The world meant it to crush them. The world meant it to take them under. But instead, the next day when old Nebuchadnezzar looked inside there, what did he see? Did he see the three bodies burn up? No. He saw four walking around in one like the Son of Man. I'm here to tell you that God will never leave you nor forsake you even in the fiery furnace that is meant to harm you. So my friend, we have to learn in Babylon that sometimes the minuses in our lives are being made pluses to move us vertically towards God. You know something neat about a plus sign is it looks like a cross. Everybody gets that, right? You know something else about the cross? You can't have the vertical move to heaven unless you have the horizontal bar of the cross where the Savior's hands were nailed. It doesn't work that way, right? There's no other way that we can get to heaven except to be atoned of our sin by the precious blood that was shed on that cross. The Lord who made all heaven and earth died that we might be forgiven. But I want you to remember one thing as we close this morning. You can't have a plus without a minus, but you can have a minus without a plus. I said that when we started, right? How do you have a minus without a plus in your life? I'm going to tell you how. Lean on your own understanding. Keep doing things your way. Keep doing it the way you want to. And don't turn to God. And that minus will stay a minus. But if you'll be faithful to a holy God who loves you, My friends, this minus can become a plus. How do we preach to a crazy world? Because what's our purpose? We're fishermen, right? We're fishers of men. How do we preach to the world in this season? How do we preach so that that once once this viral outbreak is, is, is ceased and once it ceases to exist, 
How do we have opportunity to preach to a lost and dying world through all the confusion? By standing on the faith and the promises of God that we will come through that respond differently than the world responds. The world has no hope eternal. For the world, this virus could be it, but for the believer, my friends, I'm here to tell you that if the COVID-19 infects me, if it takes me, I'm just passing through this world in the first place. I am not hopeless, my friend. I am a hopeful sojourner in this world. And that's how we can respond to all of these situations differently. That when somebody says, how can you walk with such faith? You can say, because I serve a risen Savior. And He's in the world today. And I know that He is able, whatever men might say. And He walks with me. And He talks with me. A long life, narrow way. Jesus is the way that I can walk with faith. Now, it's going to be a little strange this morning. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes in your car, just like we were in the sanctuary. Just like we were in the sanctuary. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Brother Ligon is going to come forward, and we're going to have a time of response. So what does it mean to have a time of response? Well, it means that we've heard the Word of God proclaimed. And the essence of Jeremiah's message and the Lord's message is this. Babylon's not meant to destroy you. It's meant to strengthen you. So I don't know what your Babylon is. So I want you to do this. I want you to pray this morning that God would move in your situation, that He would reveal in your life what it is that He's doing in this season. I want you to pray that God would strengthen you in this season, that God would renew your faith. And I want you to pray this morning that God would be with your neighbor. Now maybe you're here this morning and you think, man, I really need to go lay that at the feet of Jesus. Guess what? These front steps are open. These front steps are open. We're going to have a time of invitation. You can come forward. You can kneel here at the front steps of this church. You can pray for your Babylon. You can pray for the leaders of the churches in this county and in this country. You can pray for our government. You can pray for this viral situation. You can pray for your marital situation. You can pray for whatever's going on in your life. This altar is open. I'm here. I'll be happy to pray with you. You can pray where you're at. You can come to the steps and pray. Father God, we praise you for the opportunity to worship. Father, we praise you that you've given us a parking lot. You've given us a porch. But praise God, we're more thankful that you've given us your word. That as we walk through the valley of death's shadow, you've given us instruction, Father. You've given us your words before us. And Father, we're going to praise you right on through it. Father, for those who are here this morning who are struggling, maybe it's fear, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's concern over the situations of this world. Something's got them gripped, Father. And standing in the grip of fear, the believer can't serve you properly. So Father, would you give them the courage to lay that spirit of fear at your feet and rise up excited and encouraged under the knowledge that you've never left them nor forsaken them. Father, we're going to praise you and we're going to give you the glory because we know it's from you in the first place. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Let's sing. There is coming a day When no heartache shall come No more clouds in the sky no more tears to dim the eye. 
All is peace forevermore On that happy golden shore What a day, glorious day That will be What a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see When I his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be, there'll be no No more burdens to bear No more sickness, no pain No more parting over there And forever I will be With the one who died for me What a day, glorious day that What a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see When I look upon His face The one who saved me by His grace When He takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land What a day Glorious day that will be Yes, what a day Glorious day that will be Amen. If you enjoyed driving church, give me one more honk. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.